I am a hunter. I am a chef. I am constantly looking for food. I am a subsistence farmer. I am a gospel preacher. Jesus said to them, he says, to Peter specifically, but to the rest of them, feed my sheep, my people. The one major duty that a pastor has anywhere he goes is to bring forth food, spiritual food for his people. My whole life since I started in this has been focused to that one point. It's the most, it's what I give my most time to. It's what my, my whole thought, even idle thought is around. And so I'm out in my, um, how I came out of my house early and I was out there and the birds were singing. I couldn't hear them, but I heard they, I thought they were singing. And, uh, they're flying around, you know. I was looking at your mom's orchids. I was looking at how beautiful they are, and God made all that stuff. And I'm saying, God, you know I need some for Sunday. What do you want to talk to your people about? And it was after this, it's like a little, it's, it's hard to describe. It's like a still, small voice. And here's what came through my mind, and it's what I'm going to share with you this morning. There is a rest for the people of God. I sat in that idyllic environment, you know, and I thought, this is so peaceful. I don't know about you, but we're, this, this world can be tough. Children go crazy. Wives leave husbands. Husbands leave wives. Children overdose. I just heard of a 38-year-old Christian, you know, professing Christian young man, overdose on meth and die. And uh, I talked to the guy that found him. And his mom and dad are brokenhearted. This, this is not a place of peace. This, is, this world is not normally a place of peace. I mean, look, at, look around the world. There's no peace. The no, Bible says there's no peace, saith the Lord, to the wicked. There's just no peace. There'll be wars and rumors of wars until Jesus comes and says, stop. And no amount of government, no type of government is going to solve that. That is not going to be solved. Temporarily, little moments of peace will happen, but generally there'll be war and rumors of wars. There'll be, there'll be fighting and hatred. It's all over our country. And so... It's important for the born-again Christian in the midst of the storm to understand what this passage says in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 9 through 11. By the way, 9 all the way to the end of the, end of the chapter, some of the most fabulous verses of all the Bible are found after these verses. Whew. I'm tempted to want to talk about them, but I can't. 4, 9 through 11, I'm going to read. There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God. For he that has entered into his rest, he also has ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. The same example, of course, as he spoke of earlier in the chapter of the Israelites. The Israelites missed God for the most part. They missed him. Because they were trying to be justified by the 
system of the law. And it wasn't the system that justified him, it was the God of the system. And they began to worship the structure of the law and not the one who constructed it. And they stumbled, as we've talked about in, in Sunday school, they stumbled at the stumbling stone, which was faith. That you only approach God through faith. It's absolutely impossible to please God without faith. If you're going to try to please him with some sort of good work, you'll never make it. They never made it. You'll never make it. Nobody will ever make it. You're going to accept Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross by faith, or you're not going to get it. When I was about 16 years old, which is a long time ago, I just turned 68. I do not know how I got here. My, my wife keeps telling me I look 55. I appreciate that. Now you know why I just love that woman to death. She's one of the best liars I've known. <laughs> Kidding. When I was about 16 years old, an evangelist came to Grace Bible Church where I was raised, and his, name was, his last name was Gonzalez. I do not remember his first name. He was a traveling evangelist like we've had here so many times. He started the whole thing out with a theme song, and Brother Abdiel, he, he played trumpet. He played trumpet. Do not give up on this. He played trumpet. And as a young man, about I'm thinking I'm about 10, 12 years old, that trumpet, man, that just, went, that just got in me. Every service, he started out with his trumpet playing a song, which was his theme song through the week. Now, it was only there a week. And you know this, that out of all the things that happen in your life, there's not too many things get into the long-term memory, right? Most of what we go through bounces off of us, stays with us for a week, stays with us for two weeks, stays with us for a year, but then it's gone. Two, maybe five years, but it's gone. Now, we're talking when I was 16. Do the math. 52 years. 52 years. I remember this like it's happened. I remember him starting out with a song that says, Oh, soul, are you weary and troubled? Are you? No light in the darkness, you see. There's light for a look at the Savior. A light more abundant and free. <laughs> Been hanging around Jim not too long. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Fifty-two years ago. And he'd play it then in trumpet. He'd do a version in trumpet. Then he'd sing the next verse, which I'm not going to, I'm not going to drive you out of here, but He'd sing the next verse. What are the lessons to be learned in that simple thing of him coming by and singing that as an intro song and playing his trumpet and to a 10, 12-year-old kid that probably they didn't think was paying attention, right? That maybe was doing something else or thinking, you know, thinking about something else, maybe not behaving the way he should. 
There's some lessons to be learned. First lesson is avail yourself to the services of God's house. And my mom and dad, not against my will, against my will brought me to those meetings, and, he, and they did, and said, this is good for you, like she did when she cooked for me. This is good for you. Eat it. <laughs> she put them old peas down on that plate, and I go, <laughs> she'd say, eat them. When they get cold, they're harder to eat. True, true, true. You did not leave the table till you ate them. No matter how long you sat there, days went by. No, they didn't. <laughs> the second thing to be learned is listen to God's men when they come by. They're not perfect people, but God uses imperfect vessels. Do not, do not diminish the message because of the man. If you know me very well, you know I got all kinds of flaws, amen? And it's amazing my wife still comes to church. That she's not an atheist, a raving atheist. Because nobody knows me like her. And nobody's seen me be as stupid as she has seen me or as ignorant and or as, as carnal as that woman has seen me be. And she still comes to church. I'm not sure she gets anything out of it, but she still comes. Because I preach to her on the way and on the way home. The third thing, you will never know when you come to the services and when you listen to God's man, you'll never know when you're going to have one of them 52-year moments. You're never going to know. You can't pick and choose because you're never going to know when that's going to happen. A long-term memory that will help you live the rest of your life is availing itself to you, but you will miss it if you do not, do not avail yourself and expose yourself to the services that God has for you at your local church. I can't tell you any clearer than that. But that song, that little song, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus in the Dark Moments of My Life has done a world of good for me. This verse that we have read that you, that there is a peace for, there is a rest, if I may say, for the people of God. I want to point out three simple things of the verses. Verse 9, 10, and 11. Verse, verse, verse 9. First, I want to tell you that there is a real real rest for the people of God. This rest is twofold. This rest is not sleeping. It is not lounging. This rest he's talking about is a form of peace. It's a form of satisfaction in a few directions. The first direction is, it's a satisfaction that justice will finally be served. There is a sense in your heart that there's been a lot of injustice in this world and you're not happy that, it's not, that there's not justice being done. How do I know that? Because God himself puts a sense of justice in everybody. They want justice. And the rest that we're going to receive, which is future, of course, I say twofold now, is, is future in heaven, but there's also a rest here in some degree in Christ. 
has to do with justice being served. Take your Bibles to 2 Thessalonians, if you have your book. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 7 through 10. I'm sorry, I got to keep moving, and I'll read possibly before you get there. And to you who are troubled, rest with us. Do what? And you who are troubled, rest with us. When the Lord Jesus shall be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. That's coming. It's not going to be a meteorite that you need, the world needs to be concerned about. It's going to be Jesus. Which comes back in verse 8, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on them that know not God and obey not the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall be punished with everlasting destruction from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his power. What, one of the biggest horrors of hell is not so much the flame or, the, or the, all of that's described in the Bible, it's the being separate from God. You've never known loneliness till you get really separated from God. Who shall, when he shall come, when is this going to happen? When he shall come to be glorified in his saints and to be admired in all them believe in that day. So there's a, there's a rest coming when Jesus is the judge of all the earth, eventually judges everything that's ever been done wrong and it's made right. The second thing will be when the struggle of the flesh and spirit is over. I'm in it. I'm in this struggle. Every day I'm in a, I'm in a struggle. Now, this is not a red-faced Baptist preacher trying to tell you this. This is Bible. We're a Bible-preaching church. We preach the Bible, the whole Bible, nothing but the Bible, so help us God. If it's not in the Bible, challenge us on it, and we'll correct it. Galatians 5, 16, 17 says this, I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh, for the flesh lusteth against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary one to another, so that you cannot do the things that you would. I want to be a better Christian, but I got an enemy inside of me that is trying to make me a bad Christian. And he's fighting. But the Holy Spirit's there also. Ephesians chapter 6 puts it this way. We wrestle. Now, I never liked wrestling because I never wanted to get that close to a boy. <laughs> if it was girls versus boys, I would have been all over it. <laughs> but man, boys against boys, no way in the world do I want to hug a sweaty boy. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. That's a 52-year memory right there. <laughs> For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12 puts it this way. Fight the good fight of faith. That means you are, there's a fight going on, amen? Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art called, and have professed a good profession among many before many witnesses. The third thing that's going to happen in this future rest is the rewards of righteousness will be finally received. Many of you have labored many years for Jesus in simple childlike faith, done what was right. You did what was put at your hands to do. You did it with your whole heart. But whatever, whatever degree you have obeyed God, and however you've obeyed the light that you've been given, you're going to be rewarded. 
by Jesus himself. He says it. I don't make it up. Baptists didn't make it up. It's the Bible. It's all there. Even a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, Jesus said you're not even going to lose your reward for something that simple, that, that minor. So what is, what, is, what is hoped for will then be realized, and in heaven there's going to be an absolute sense of peace and joy, which is interpreted, if I may say, rest. Jude, chapter. there's only one chapter, verse 24. Now unto him who is able to keep you from falling, ooh, and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Someday you're going to be presented. Now you know this is hard for me to grab this and put my mind around it, but because of Jesus' blood on Calvary and resurrection and my simple childlike faith in him, he's birthed me from above. I have the Holy Spirit in me now. I'm sealed to the day of redemption. My name's written down in the Lamb's Book of Life. Every born-again believer has a position now as a high priest before Christ and the Holy Spirit, and we're going to be presented faultless? Faultless? You know, when that happens, nobody is going to be able to say a word. Because of all the people that have known me, if I, let's say all the people that have known me through life were there at my judgment before Christ at the great beam of seat judgment. I'm sitting down before, and, and Mrs. Moon was there. And, 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 and Jesus says, Bill is faultless. She'd say, I work for him. I know better than that. Or somebody would say, you know, my wife would be there going, wait a minute, I got a list now. There was no list. It's in Christ Jesus. The list has been burnt up and put into the blood of Christ. It's been nailed to the cross. All those things against me, all those offenses, which were all true, are being nailed to the cross. And Jesus has paid it all. All to him I owe. <laughs> I like Matthew 13, 43, where it says, Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun, S-U-N, in the kingdom of their Father, who hath ears to hear, let him hear. And I say it this morning, he who hath ears to hear, let him hear. So there's going to be all of that. That future rests in heaven. But secondly, in this life, there's going to be some rest. Look in verse 10 there of, of fourth chapter Hebrews. For he that has entered into his rest, he also ceased from his own works as God did from his. What I see in that is the more you cease from your work and accept his work, the more present rest you will find. You know, the Bible talks about dying under yourself. You've heard that talk, die to yourself. That's what that's talking about. It's ceasing from your life, your will, your dreams, your plans, and picking up over here Jesus' plans, Jesus' life, Jesus' will. Jesus dreams for me. And that's what I did at 18 years old. I basically went to him as an 18-year-old and said, I got all kinds of dreams and plans over here. I had it all set up, man, my whole life. And he says, no, forget all that. Oh, no, not all that. Forget all that. That's so good. No. But in a simple childlike faith, trusting his judgment over my judgment, 
as his child, I go to him and say, well, now what would you have for me? I don't like school, and I don't want to go to college. First words, go to college. Oh, I, I be, it began a whole lineage of things I didn't want to do in the flesh. But he said, no, you're going to go to college, but you're going to do more than that. You're going to graduate school, and then you're going to go, and your whole life's going to be studying. <laughs> no, please. I like to fix stuff. I like to make, you know, wire and plumb. Plumbing's, you shouldn't have to pay a plumber. He should pay you. Plumbing is so much fun. Laying carpet, going into a nasty place and leaving is beautiful. Well, that's so much fun. Painting, no, that's horrible. I hate that. I'm mechanical. I'm mechanical. He says, no, you're going to be a student. And you just follow on. And God says, I'm going to give you... You, what you would never have over here in your, your plan and world, your dream, it would all disappoint you. All this would fall short of what would satisfy you. But over here, this that I'm going to give you is going to satisfy you. Mick Jagger's right. You can't get no satisfaction over there. But over here, you can Now, the Bible says that, but an old 68-year-old preacher that's from 18 to now has been living, and I'm telling you from experiential knowledge, that's true. That's true. Makes me want to sing. I sing because I'm happy. I sing because I'm free. His eyes on the sparrow. Oh, Brother Jeff Larson almost went down into a bass. And I know he watches me. That's about as good as Jeff. No, it's not. I'm waking up those folks who were falling asleep there. But realize that when we die, we cease from our works. Absolutely. But realize that while you're living, you also have been given a rest by Jesus in this life. You don't only have the rest that's coming, but you have the rest that's present. There is a rest for the people of God. How, what kind of rest? Well, Jesus said, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world give, give I unto you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Philippians 1.21, for me to live is Christ to die as gain. And so many more. The life I now live in Christ is full of wonderful things. Though it can be full of personal, physical suffering, yet in the suffering somehow there is a sense of joy, unspeakable and full of glory. I have the Holy Spirit always there to comfort me. I'm never alone. I have the hope of the promises of God. I have all the songs of Zion that encourage me in the, by the grace, in the grace of God and, in, and in, the, in the service of God. I have the Word of God that I can go back to as my solid foundation when people challenge me and the devil challenges me and my own flesh challenges me. I can go back to the Bible. 
Woo! I like Galatians 2.20 where it says, I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. The life I now live in flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How about you? If that's true, then you have the peace of God now and the rest of God now in some degree, but the full rest is coming. You know, the Bible says for things of people of God, things just get brighter and brighter as we go down the road. Third thing I find in verse 11, let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Interesting he says that. The rest of God that is to come and that we look forward to and the rest of God that we now possess motivates us to labor. It motivates us to labor. Wow. So we get to labor. We don't have to labor. You don't have to do the bus. You know, I thought about you today, Tom. I did. I was walking down here by myself, and I looked up on the border, and I said, there'll be a day Tom Gillespie's not going to be able to drive that bus. That'll be a sad day. That'll be a sad day when Tom Gillespie can't drive the bus. I remember it happened to Hal Riffle. It was a sad day old Hal Riffle couldn't drive the bus. Because these bus people, they don't have to do this. There's nobody putting a gun to their head. They get to do it. Because if you understand the rest of God and you understand the rest he's going to have for you and the rest you have and what he's done for you, you're motivated, man. You're motivated to work. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes. We'll work till Jesus comes and we'll be gathered home. We want, to, we want to work. We love to work. We get to work. Uh, you don't have to, you can't offend me. And you have tried. <laughs> you can't offend me out of this. You can't criticize me. And they have tried. They have, you can't criticize me out of this. You can't offend me out of this. Pastor McKinney said, he said one day a statement that went through, it was a 52-year memory maker. He said, I'm unoffendable. And then I offended him the next week. I did something he didn't like, and he got offended, and I said, preacher, you said you're unoffendable. He said, well, generally speaking. <laughs> he said, but you have a real way. <laughs> What keeps you from the rest that God has for you? Look at the verse. Look at the verse. Look at it. It's unbelief. Look at the last of verse 11. Do you know what the sin of the Garden of Eden was? She didn't believe God. Unbelief. The sin of the Garden of Eden was lust, no doubt, of the eyes and of the flesh, and it was part of pride of life. All three sins were committed by her and Adam. But the basis and foundation of all of that was unbelief. They did not believe what God said, that they eat thereof, you shall surely die. Don't touch it. Don't eat. He didn't say don't touch it. He said don't eat it. The devil said, he told you not to touch it. I don't think, the devil's a liar and a father of it. I think he was lying to her on that. You, tell, you want a woman to touch something, just tell her don't touch it. In fact, you tell me that. Tell anybody that. That's called concupiscence. 
there's a certain desire we have for the forbidden. It's called the Romeo and Juliet syndrome. When your daughter falls in love with somebody you don't want her to fall in love with, if the more you oppose it, the more it pushes her to him. Called the Romeo and Juliet syndrome. It's concupiscence. It's that we desire for that which is forbidden. So as a parent, be wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. And say, I kind of like the guy, but I think there's other guys better. And tell her if you ever see him again. No, never mind. Don't do it. <laughs> what keeps you away from your rest? God wants to give you good things, great things, unspeakable things. But who's going to hold you back from it? It won't be the preacher. I've heard people say, oh, you ruined this or, or somebody in our church. Oh, they didn't. No, they didn't. You hold yourself back by unbelief. That's what the book says. What's going to keep you from all that? Unbelief. Believe God, it'll be counted to you for righteousness. And these things that are coming will come. Don't, people, you say, how do they, okay, thank you for asking this question. How do people show unbelief? Okay, let me try to put it down with some, with some, put it to the ground. Okay, here's some unbelief. Treating God's kingdom, that's the things of God, carelessly, haphazardly, lightly, if I may say briefly, putting God on a back burner in your life. That means you don't believe who, if you believe who the Bible says God is, he's going to be number one. Number one, Jesus said it, Matthew chapter 5, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. You don't believe that because if you don't seek him first, you are saying, no, God, you're not right on that. I think I'm going to seek this other stuff first and you on a second or third basis. And so what does your list look like? If your list looks like God and everything else below it, then you're on the right plane. But if it's, if it's family or work or anything above God, it's on the wrong. God has to be first. Why? Because the truth of the universe is he is first. And you're just aligning yourself with the truth of the universe. I think in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 where it says, For other foundation can no man lay than that which lay which is Jesus Christ. If any man build upon the foundation of gold, silver, and precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, for every man's work shall be made manifest, for they shall declare it. For it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort or quality it is. If any man's work abide, he shall receive there, abide thereof, he shall receive reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, for himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. So there are different degrees of rest. There are different degrees of rest in the future based on how you treat the light in the present. All I can say is the Holy Spirit's here now and the Word of God has been preached and God's telling you, no doubt, make me number one and I'll give you something to knock your socks off. I'll give you my rest. For there is a rest to the people of God. Father, help us to understand these passages.
If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.